Hi, I'm Samantha of Goddess Awakening. I'm here to hold a safe space and share with you the true and authentic stories of how we got here. Empowering women, elevating for all. All right, welcome to another episode of Goddess Awakening. Happy Monday. It is now December, so we are almost to 2024. I have a very special guest here today with me from Texas. Hello, Aubrey. Hello, hello. How are you today, Samantha? I am doing pretty good. How are you? Well, you know, getting over the crud and hoping that now I now have high immunity through the rest of December. So I'm going to finish this year healthy because I've gotten my first winter cold behind me. So I'm happy to be here today. Yeah. So glad you could join us. I know what we're talking about. It seems like everyone's got something going around and we're just, um, we call it upgrading. We're not sick. We're just upgrading our bodies. So that's what we're going to go with and stay positive so we can keep working on all of the things that I know you're working on too. Absolutely. So we have so many cool things we can talk about today. So I'm just going to start with, um, I think how I found you, how we found each other. Um, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was all because of your book, right? No, actually. No? Okay. <laughs> how, how we were, you and I personally were connected was because of Backwoods. Um, you had been speaking to Will Royal uh, about Goddess Awakening um, before I was even brought on to Backwoods. And he asked me to reach out to you. And one of my first one of my first uh, meetings as the event director, he was sharing with me some of the conversations and deals he was already working on that he was needing me to follow through with. And you were one of those deals. And so um, I, you know, you having the the brand Goddess Awakening and me working on a book simultaneously called uh, Sleeping Beauty Awakened Tools for the Modern Goddess. When he was like, I want to connect you to this woman who's using the word goddess in her brand, I was like, hmm, who is this woman? And and uh, and and what does goddess mean to her? You know, and so I think that's actually was our first conversation was was that was uh, finding out a little bit more about each other's journeys and stories and uh, how we could potentially work together. Okay, now that makes sense. So yes, it kind of was the book, but the book kind of was actually after Backwoods. So let's talk about Backwoods. Um, so actually, last year was the first time that I had been to Backwoods. Um, Brian, my boyfriend, he had actually played Backwoods back when it was in Oklahoma, I think like 2015 or 2016. Um, so this was the first time that I was like, I want to go to Backwoods and be involved in some kind of way with what I'm doing with Goddess Awakening and Harm Reduction. And then we link together. And now for me, it's like a festival that I want everyone to come to. And it's only three hours away for us. So how did you get involved with Backwoods yourself? Oh, I totally stalked them. <laughs> um, a, a big part of it, I mean, it, it was a it was a mystical journey, really. I mean, it was it was spirit driven, goddess driven, however you want to put it. Um, you know, I listened to your original podcast the other day just to 
to, to, to get in the vibe and the sync with uh, the flow of this conversation. And I listened to your story of you having a life-changing experience at Bonnaroo for your first music festival in 2012. And I had a similar experience, same year, 2012, but it was Wakarusa. So, which was Mulberry Mountain. Um, it wasn't my first music festival, but it was my first camping music festival. I had done ACL and South by Southwest and a couple different local fests, you know, that weren't, that weren't camping events. And uh, my husband and I went to Wakarusa in 2012 with a hopes to save our marriage. We were in a really, really dark place in our marriage. I had lost myself to motherhood and we were looking to not only find ourselves, but find each other again. And um, my background, I was a radio TV film major in college and had a thick background in musical theater. And he was a DJ in a hip hop band when I met him. And he absolutely hated musical theater. It still does hate musical theater. And so live music became our compromise early in our relationship. And so um, when I had lost myself to motherhood and we were looking to try to find ourselves, um, find our relationship again, hoping to heal it, he was like, let's go on, let's go to a camping music festival. And actually he went to Bonnaroo while he, while I was pregnant with our first child and his mind got blown by the whole experience. And so he's like, let's, let's go do this together. And um, we had a, life-changing experience. And, you know, it's like people hear that when they say that, right. And you say life-changing, like how, how, how can just a music festival be life-changing, but it, it truly did. I mean, our, my life, how I lead it today looks very different than it did at that point in time. Um, and so we were at Wakarusa and I, uh, well, we were, we had returned multiple times and it was on the last walkers of 2015. I had taken one of the workshops and I would took the hoop workshop and on my way back from the hoop workshop back to my tent, I had a vision of me teaching yoga on the mountain. And, um, at that point I had been a yoga teacher for well over a decade. I've been a yoga teacher for 20 years now. And I went to my husband and was like, um, I just had this vision. Wouldn't that be really cool? And he's like, but then it would take something that we love and it would turn it into work. So he pretty much like shot that down really fast. But um, just because of our commitment to the festival community and how much we got out of it, we developed our already had developed our festy family, just like you mentioned in, in your other podcast. And um, from a different connection that we had made from a different music festival, uh, it just, I ended up having a festival teaching gig fall in my lap. Like I'd made friends with a hoop instructor from a different festival. And when she found out that, uh, Insomniac Events was bringing uh, an event called Middlelands to Texas. Um, there was an opening for a yoga instructor and it pretty much just fell in my lap. So because we had the opportunity to go to this huge event that was happening in our backyard for free, of course, my husband wasn't going to say, no, don't accept that position. So we went, even though he was very reluctant and it 
was a what he would call a coming of age festival for us where we had the gift of getting to serve the community and receive simultaneously and it was an alchemy that filled our hearts in ways that we weren't expecting and um and so we're like let's let's do more of this and my husband really, he's the wizard. I call myself the festival fairy godmother, but if you get to know us well, he's, he's really the magic behind the scenes because he will plant seeds in my mind and say, Hey, this looks cool. Why don't you like do, do some research? And so he was like, Hey, there's this event called backwoods that's happened in Oklahoma the last couple of years. It's cotton wind that it's moving to Mulberry mountain Maybe you should see if you could get involved in that. So I started stalking uh, Will and Javi. And, you know, girl, it, it, the reason why I say it's like it's the goddess, it's it's the divine that brought it all together. Um, I wasn't booked for Backwoods 2018 until like the month before the event. I wasn't getting through and I wasn't getting through and I wasn't getting through. And then finally, like it was like my last stitch. Like this is going to be the last time I reach out. It just happened to then end up in Javier's inbox. He's like, well, we've already got a couple who is one of the executive producers. And uh, he's already got a couple yoga classes booked. And, um, but maybe we could squeeze in one more. So I ended up being like the third yoga teacher added to the roster last minute. Um, but because my background, um, you know, I was a film major and my emphasis was on casting and I worked for a casting director for several years, um, right out of college, but then ended up falling into fitness, which is another story when I got my yoga certification, whatever. So I managed health clubs for several years and, and a part of managing health clubs was also um, developing the group fitness schedule and so on. So scheduling classes and that sort of thing um, was something that I had a lot of experience in. And, and, and so I went to my um, executive producer after Backwoods, after the fact, and was like, you know, it looks like we have really two choices for next year. And you can either hire me back to come back and just teach one more yoga class, or you can bring me back and I can curate a full lineup of workshops for you. And so I sold myself of, you know, I, I upsold myself of my skill set. Um, and uh, because of my diverse background and uh, my passion for the community and yeah, my passion for the community, I did a lot more work than for Backwoods that year than just develop a lineup. I did a whole bunch of like writing and promo and interviews and blogging and, and stuff that they weren't anticipating getting from me. And, you know, and, and what happened was, is, you know, COVID happened. Right. And like life changed for everybody. Festivals stopped for a while. Um, and my kids went into middle school and high school and I had been a you a stay-at-home yoga teacher for like the decade before that. And my husband is like, it's time for you to go get a job, a big girl job. Um, so we can start saving for college. And so after Backwoods 2021, 
when I was having a debriefing with my executive producers after doing a full lineup of workshops, I told them, I was like, you know, I'm about ready to have to go get a real big girl job. So if you, through your networking, hear of anybody who's looking to bring someone on who has my skill set, please, please, please pass my, um, pass my information on. And not knowing actually that that executive producer was actually considering stepping back out of the business um, because during COVID, he started another business that ended up taking off and he didn't have the um, bandwidth to do these two businesses that were needing full-time attention. And so they were looking for someone to take his position. And so my name got thrown in the pot. So it was one of those things. I randomly, I got an unsolicited job offer from Will Royal just, uh, it was a year ago in October offering me a promotion with the company. And I so did not expect to be at this position in this state of, you know, in this stage of life. I thought maybe that I would uh, seek out something like this once my kids were in college and out of the house and, you know, but the, the universe had another plan. So here I am and here we are. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I love, I've, I know some of your story um, from you and then um, from your book, which we'll get to that in a little bit, but um, it's cool hearing more about your story and, and something that was coming up for me um, that I feel like sometimes I personally struggle with. And it seems like you, like when you were saying, oh, I stalked them, but it's like you were selling yourself. So I think um, like, what's your advice when you're trying to sell yourself when you might not feel like the most confident or, oh, there's other people for the position. Um, what's kind of, how do you get that confidence to just sell yourself? The more you show up like a professional, the more you get treated like a professional. So for me, developing my own website was a game changer. Um, and I didn't do that until, uh, well, I, I did that a couple years into teaching uh, at music festivals. You know, you you fill out so many applications where they're asking for you for proof or pictures or you know, whatever. And after you fill out the same application for so many events, um, it just gets to be handy to have a landing page to be able to, to send them. And, um, and so, you know, I, so I took my own time and energy and effort and passion to, develop a website. And right now there are, and you know, I'm not a technically minded person. I'm not techie at all. And, but they make programs. There are programs that make building a website so easy. All you need are pictures to be able to upload and you need to have the confidence to be able to type some copy and, and that's it. And so, you know, I, yeah, and you know, it's interesting is that, I'm having a flashback to like an aerobics training 20 years ago. And I remember the trainer saying, most people roll out of bed and go to the gym, right? Most people roll out. So many fitness instructors would assume that you could roll out of bed and go teach your class. 
but there's not very many jobs where you can just, well, maybe there are a lot of jobs that you can roll out of bed and go to work. That was before, before 2020, people expected you to show up. Okay. We live in a different world now. Right. But the whole point is, is like the whole idea of, of no matter what sort of role that you're playing, are you, a, like, are you dressing the part, right? I mean, it's different like online here, but it's like, are you showing up like a professional? Are you presenting yourself like you have experience in this world? Or are you presenting yourself like I'm a newbie? I mean, you can be a newbie and have a website out there and just makes you look more professional. Yeah, that's good information. And that's funny. Uh, I feel like I'm unintentionally being called out right now because I've been needing to work on my website. So I'm going to make sure I get to that today. So appreciate that accidental nudge. <laughs> um, okay, so so what exactly, um, for those who don't know, what is your role with Backwoods? I'm the event director. So basically, you know, we have our, I have my executive producer and then there's me. Um, so as far as, uh, working with the budget, like that was, that was my first, my first day on the job was getting to look at the budget and all of the different aspects of things that go into a music festival from porta potties to advertising. Right. And, um, and so based on the budget, then I have to figure out which vendors are going to be that which supplies everything that we need to run the music festival. I mean, I basically do everything as far as the music festival is concerned, except I don't book the headliners or the tier one acts. I didn't know until like into it that I was going to be booking tier two, which is super fun for me. Um, and I don't make final decisions on how advertising money is spent. So before I spend a dollar, I get it approved by my executive producer. Um, but I will tell you, girl, like a year ago right now, I was trying to keep my head above water because although I had experience in many different aspects, I did not have experience in the whole like online advertising really as far as spending ad money. And I didn't know what a CPM was, which is cost per thousand. Like I, I, you know, which you'd think CPM, you think it's cost per million or whatever. Like, so there were like acronyms in that ad world that I knew nothing about that I was having to like learn a new language. And uh, it was pretty exciting. I was telling my husband the other day, I was like, I'm doing stuff that I was doing last year, this time, not knowing what the hell I'm doing. Now I'm able to have intelligent conversations with people because I have a season behind, behind my belt. So from organizing the, you know, hiring the, who brings the porta potties to how we spit our ad money to which influencers we're going to work with, which media outlets we want to work with, um, figuring out bartering systems for on air time with different, um, with different local radios to choosing the art installations to hiring the live painters. Um, I, I still curate the whole workshop lineup lineup because that's, that's my baby. Um, I, I brainstorm with my stage designers to come up with the ideas for the stages. Um, and, and uh, honestly, the 
biggest learning curve for me last year and I'm still trying to learn it is all everything with the um with my with my technical director, like all of the heavy, heavy equipment and all of the, the generators and what ampage and wattage and every, that's still kind of, that's still a foreign language to me. I'm hoping to learn more about that this year. It's funny you say that. I remember, um, planning goddess awakening was the first time that I really did like all the things kind of like what you're saying, obviously in a smaller scale, but I'm doing all of it. Um, so I remember, um, I work with uh, a company and they're like my best friends out of Nashville for production, um, fifth dimension of sound. And they were talking about writers and I was like, what's a writer? What the heck is a writer? What's a CDJ? I had no idea what they were saying to me. So I was like, Jason, you're going to have to really support me here. Um, which they did. And they're so amazing. Um, but I remember specifically being like, I don't know what you're saying to me. And now looking, I'm like, oh, I'm learning how to DJ on decks now. So it's just funny to see like how much you learn just by jumping into it. Like you were saying. I have no problem with sharing with being transparent about being new, you know, and, and actually it was interesting. Uh, backstage at Backwoods this past year, I was having a little bit of a meltdown moment. You know, we all have our moments where there's like a fire that we didn't expect and we haven't slept in two days. And so like, there's just like a little meltdown of a moment. And this one, uh, one, one of the production guys was like, you need to give yourself credit. He's like, he's like, you're doing so, he's like, you're doing amazing and you're helping me so much. And I'm like, how am I, how am I helping you? And he said, because you're not getting in my way. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, he's like, when I go to you to ask a question, you either tell me, I have no idea what you're talking about. You need to figure this out on your own or you connect me to the person who you think can help me. And he's like, not once have you pretended to know something that you didn't. He's like, and it's amazing how many people are afraid to say that they don't know. And he's like, you've just put your hands up and said, I don't know. So you haven't slowed us down at all. And then I've been will. then, then I go and say, teach me. <laughs> I don't know. Teach me. And, and you know, it, it fluffs everybody's ego a little bit to feel like they know somebody, something more than the boss, you know? And so, and so, and then I formed really great re trusting relationships with those people because I've let them know that uh, I'm counting on them. Right. Yeah. I think that's something that um, a lot of what you're saying too, and backwoods, how about, how about how many people does backwoods typically have just for scale? Yeah. Okay. Somewhere, somewhere between three and 5,000. Okay. So for example, when I'm talking about goddess awakening, I'm talking about like all in about 500 people. So this is again, much sc smaller scale, but something that I learned is like you were saying is like being professional, admitting when you don't know the answer and being like, I will figure it out or please help me to figure it out. Um, because in a lot of cases I was the top of the food chain with, with goddess awakening. Um, and there was a lot of things that I didn't know. So I had to rely on people. Um, and the people who I worked with last time want to work with me again, because they know, like you were saying, there's going to be fires that you don't expect that you're going to have to put out, but it's just a matter of knowing like you are the person who has to be there when it happens. And you're not always going to have all the answers, but you're, 
you know, they trust you to know that you're going to get the right person or take the time to figure it out versus just letting them flop around um, and struggle because someone's got to be responsible at the end of the day to make sure that that happens. Absolutely. It's, it's been a huge learning experience for me. I'm still, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. And I feel like I'm also catching my footing. You know, it's, 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 it's a paradox, but, but my teacher says that God lives in the paradox. So I'm really cool with being within the paradox right now of, um, you know, there, there was a time in my life here recently, um, where you say being the top of the food chain, um, you know, in regards to the yoga world or the wellness world or whatever, um, because I'd been doing it for so long, I hate to be this way, but I was like the smartest person in the room. And they say, when you're the smartest person in the room, you need to make more new friends because we're not growing anymore, you know? And so I am in a time period of tremendous growth (laughs) and being challenged on a daily basis. Um, but I'm not bored at all and I'm having a great time. And, you know, I feel like this is just, this is just the beginning. Yeah, definitely. Backwards has lots of growing to do too. So, and it says such a good venue and plenty of room to grow in that venue. I don't know what any of the plans are, of course, behind the scenes, but it's a good venue with lots of room to grow for more people and, and like I said, it's, I love Arkansas. I host Goddess Awakening. Um, it's about 40 minutes actually from that venue. So it's, it's like such a good location for so many people to travel to. I'm in Oklahoma, but I host in Arkansas. So my friends in Texas and Tennessee and Kansas, so can easily make it down to Arkansas. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, um, we'll definitely post some information about um, tickets for Backwoods because they are on sale. Yes, they are on sale. We are going to be in on Mulberry Mountain, June 6th through the 9th of 2024. Tickets are on sale. We have not dropped that lineup yet. We are working on it right now. Um, So, you know, fingers crossed. We'll have it ready for you any, any, any time now. Um, But that's... I have to be just as patient as everybody else <laughs> as that's being formed right now, because that that's not, um, that's not my, my job. However, I will tell you that, you know, one thing that I'm really passionate about right now is two things. A, everybody, you know, I get, I get asked on a regular basis, when are we going to bring back, you know, Wakarusa? And no matter how much I loved Wakarusa, it changed my life. I'm not trying to make backwoods Wakarusa. I'm trying to find our own vibration and our own rhythm. And sometimes that takes time. And with so much has changed with the festival community and with the world, not only since COVID, but literally with the goddess awakening inside of all of us right now. And I'm just excited as I get aligned with new people like you who have a similar vision of and and are doing it for similar reasons you know um i can i i have faith that it's going to grow into what it's meant to be and i and i want to share with you actually um i had a i had a meeting with some of my team members 
the other day uh, where we did a, a, we read a book called, um, was it, it was a Simon Sinek about why, where you're trying to come up with your, your why from your, with your team. And we, we create space to inspire and empower each other. Um, oh gosh, I, I just, I just lost it. I just lost it. Hold on. I'm going to have to tell, I'm going to have, well, we, we create spaces to empower each other so that people can remember the, the truth of their being and live their most authentic lives. So, um, I really feel like we're bringing some magic together. So I, I invite everybody to come to Backwoods, but we have more we want to talk about too. So yes, so much more. <laughs> so, okay. Backwoods it's in June, um, which I'm excited about. Um, but we'll go back to kind of what you were just mentioning about goddess awakening, which that's definitely obviously a big important thing for me. And then it's a big important thing for you and the, the book that you created. So what is goddess awakening? Um, what is it? What does it mean to you? Because I'll say when I first came out with that name, I had ve- a lot of people that were like, you're going to scare away the men. People aren't going to think they're welcome to this space. Um, so what is Goddess Awakening for you? Oh, gosh, that's a deep question that we could talk about for a while. Um, so, you know, I'm a yoga teacher, right? OK. And in in yoga philosophy, we have the internal, we have, we have the Kundalini and the, the Kundalini is, is, is based into the masculine and the feminine. It's broke down into the masculine and the feminine. It's the idea of like goddess Kundalini. Um, okay. Hold on, let me pause here. So in yogic philosophy, the masculine is the idea or the intention and the feminine is creation. Okay. And creation, the goddess was put into us as goddess Kundalini, but then the Kundalini is broken down into the masculine and feminine. So it's like everything in this world is the masculine and feminine, the masculine and feminine is like broken down into the masculine and feminine, but we were born into a patriarchal society where everything is about the masculine and Every culture, whether they know it or not, lives off of a mythos. And the mythos that you and I were born into, at least that I make up that you were born into the same sort of home environment as I was, was that once upon a time, um, there was a garden and there was a, a... a a man that was made in God's image and that there was a woman made out of his rib from his rib. And they were in the garden of, of all wonderfulness. And the woman got tempted and did a deed that ended up casting them out of salvation. And so the man was made in God's image and the feminine was the temptress. <laughs> and, and that was the mythos that we were born into. Um, and that mythos fucked me up. Can I say that on this podcast? <laughs> yes. Is that okay to Absolutely. say that? Okay. <laughs> yes, um, you can say fuck. <laughs> okay. So I I didn't realize how much that mythos fucked me up. Um, because what that storyline does for the feminine 
is that we're born into a belief that that there's something wrong with us that we are that we were born not holy because we were made from the dude we weren't made from god and believe it or not not all cultures believe that and so what goddess awakening means for me personally was the recognition that I don't have to believe the mythos or the story that I was born into, that there are other stories out there. There are other mythos out there that revere the feminine. Um, You know, there are cultures out there that the masculine and the feminine were held as equals, you know, like in yogic philosophy, it's just it's like the yang and the yang, it's the masculine and the feminine. There wasn't one that was higher than the other. And uh, I went through some years in my life where I was really fucked up mentally, emotionally, like mental illness runs in my family. And um, I spent a lot of years unhappy, confused, Uh, trying to fix myself in many different ways. Hell, my fitness and my yoga journey were a big part of that. It was trying to fix myself, right? I'm always trying to be this image of what our culture has been trying to teach us. And uh, it was driving me insane and making me really, really angry. And I, I didn't understand it. And um, Goddess Awakening means to me that we were born into a culture where it's like our heavenly parents got divorced, but our mother was banished. And not only was she banished, but we were not allowed as children to speak about her because if we did, it brought up our father's wrath. And so we slowly learned not to talk about this mother that we miss. And, And through our not talking about her a lot, we forgot about her in our culture. And that has affected our psyches. It's affected how we treat our bodies. It's affected how we treat our earth. And, um, and for me, goddess awakening is remembering those stories and not only remembering those stories, but telling those stories and speaking those stories as much as we can. So the other women out there who need to be told those stories, who need to be reminded that they're holy and that they're divine and that God, the goddess, the universe, spirit lives in them just as much as they live in the dudes and that we are worthy of feeling whole inside And, you know, not to be a spoiler, but I'm going to be a spoiler of the Barbie movie. It all boils down to that one line in the Barbie movie is 
we're either programmed or we're ugly and dumb or we're ugly and stupid. I can't remember the exact quote, but that was what a lot of us felt like, at least I did. You either you were a part of the program, meaning that you were fell in line of being subservient to men and being less than, or you were considered ugly and stupid or strange or whatever. And I feel like it's a big part of my mission to help other women remember, to help other women wake up from the program. Because that's how they did it in the Barbie movie, right? Was they reminded them of the truth of their being, of who they are. And as we remind each other of the truth of our being, I believe that we're going to slowly start to see this planet evolve into a species that can no longer has the capacity to use these horrible weapons that we've developed. Yeah, I remember I remember being so excited to see the Barbie movie and hoping that it would be the message, you know, that I was seeking from the movie itself and it sounds silly for people, but my favorite movie of all time is Legally Blonde and it forever will be because the message behind everything that she was doing is absolutely amazing. Um, and my favorite color has always been pink. Um, I wanted to be a lawyer for a, a short time because of because of Elle. Um, and then the Barbie movie did it for me, too. I, I, I was I was crying. I was trying not to like show my tears because of course that's a thing that I get to work on too is being able to to show my feminine side more. Um, so that's been a big a big part of goddess awakening for me is um, hosting this space that I I knew that I needed and other people needed. And then realizing that holy shit, we need this in a big way that I I didn't quite understand how important it was until after the festival. Um, and then it was like all of these women that I, I didn't even know were thanking me for this most amazing weekend where they got to be the spotlight for the first time maybe ever. Um, and then a lot of people reached out to me about like their horrific stories um, that they hadn't talked to anyone about. And specifically with men that are, you know, in the industry um, that, that they just get to play these shows and, you know, play their gigs and do their thing without anyone caring about what what he's done to women or what's been, you know, what's been done to these women that they don't talk about. Um, so that was a big part that was very eye opening for me. Like, whoa, we need to be we need to be open and authentic about what's going on um, for our own lives so other people can, you know, speak up for themselves and have a space that is safe. Um, so I love that you you touched on that already, too. It's like being authentic and being honest about what what you're seeing so other women can feel safe to speak up and um, share their stories, too. And, you know, I think during COVID and everything that was going on with the civil unrest that was happening during that time, we started to see as humans that, oh, there's different sides of the story, right? I mean, that that maybe we have only heard one perspective of of the black versus white or, you know, the, the different ethnicities within our culture. You know, a, a lot of people didn't contemplate that, you know, the victors write the history books, right? So we learn the perspective of the victors 
not of all of the perspectives of all the different groups of people that were involved. And um, what I started to realize through my own life experience is that through living through a patriarchal society, a lot of the female experience was just kind of pushed off to the side. And, you know, a lot, there are a lot of women who have unease or dis-ease because of their menstrual cycles. You know, there are so many women out there who have problems uh, what from from PMDD to fibroids you know I mean there's like a there's a huge huge gamut of it and what I slowly started to be to to wake up to and this is a big part of why I started writing the book that you were referencing at the beginning was that there is a shit ton of information about our bodies that we are never taught as girls there is so much information that we're not taught. I mean, sex education class, we are taught that you have a uterus, you have a fallopian tubes, you have a ovaries and you have a vagina and that you, you will bleed once a month until you have a baby and that you need to clean it up and do your best not to let anybody know about it because there was like some sort of a shame that was ingrained with us about the whole process, right? I don't know about you. No one ever told me about my clitoris or told me about how I could experience pleasure as a woman and how the miracle that we can bleed for seven days and not die just makes us magical in itself. Like nothing about the female experience was revered. But if you break it down, there's so much magic in our experience. And, um, and, and through my own journey, I started to discover those things. You know, I, I had some horrible mood swings during my period and did some horrible things to my partner because of it, realizing that there was so much going on inside me that I was clueless about. And that if, if I just learned about all the different hormones that were going on inside of my body. And if I know what's going on inside my body, how I can intelligently plan my day, plan my life, plan my world based on what's going on inside me. So I'm not, so, so there aren't like trip wires and booby traps going off on my day because I'm fighting about against these hormones that are going on inside of me, you know? Um, and so that's a big part of goddess awakening for me too, is just recognizing that our menstrual blood and the cycles that we, that we, um, that we have as women are not something to be ashamed of. They're something to be revered and for us to claim as superpowers. If we, if we're so bold. I remember in like seventh grade, I actually wasn't allowed to go to the sex ed class. My parents wouldn't sign off on that, which I heard I didn't miss much. Um, and then I actually learned about what a period is from a girl who had her period in the bathroom at school. And I was like, what? What's happening? Um, that's how I learned about a period. So I definitely um, resonate with not finding out about the female body for a very long time until I started, honestly, like porn. Like that's how I started learning about anything at all. Um, and I mean, maybe that wasn't the best way, but that was the way that, um, that worked for me. Um, 
So yeah, cycles. I want to go back to that. So I remember you taught a class and this goes back to your book too. So we're going to talk about this and then the rest of your book because we have to. Okay. Um, but the cycles. So you taught um, a class about this at Backwoods and myself and Brian, my partner came to it. I was like, I have to go. I don't know what this means. Um, I'm also a reflector in the human design. So I'm supposed to follow the moon cycle for all my decision making. And um, that's what this class was about is like your cycles as a woman. And I've literally until you never heard this in my entire life. And the whole time, my mind was just like exploding. Like, what the hell? This is such important information. Um, so tell us a little bit about what what that class was. And that goes back to the book, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of the just issues I was dealing with in my, in my marriage were about just based around my menstrual cycle. You know, I had PMDD and I would be a raging bitch three days before I would start to bleed every month and say horrible, nasty things and would then have to spend a week trying to clean up. And when you've been, when you're with the same person, you know, you can only hit them below the belt so many times before something's going to give. And it, and, and that's what happened. Like I hit below the belt one time way too hard and, and almost lost my marriage. And, um, but then this random book came like this random book came into my life. Actually it came across my husband's feed and he texted to me. He's like, something tells me that this is, this is going to interest you. And, um, I'm just going to say it. it is the book by Lisa Lister called witch. And in it, it, uh, talks about the witch trials and about the truth of the witch trials, which I'm not going to go into now because we're talking about cycles, but within that book, um, basically the first witches were the midwives and, um, the, that the midwives were the holders of the secrets of the feminine cycle because they were the ones who would, they would deliver the babies before there were doctors. And, and so in this book, she talks about the magic that is behind every hormone because we have hormones in our bodies that do different things. All we know is that we have a menstrual cycle and we bleed, but what does that, what, what is that caused from? Right. And so we have, as women, we have a couple main hormones. Uh, We all know about estrogen. It's the one that makes us a female. We also have testosterone in our bodies. We have progesterone, which progesterone is the hormone that thickens the uterine lining in our bodies. And we have the uh, L L LSH and FSH. So the luteinizing hormone and the follicle stimulating hormone. So they all do different things in our bodies. And uh, Lisa Lister called them superpowers. And that's what I call them too, is to call them superpowers. So your estrogen is what gives you, uh, what makes you happy. And honestly, it's it's what I call the accommodation hormone. And um, testosterone gives you energy and helps you be articulate because guess what? In order to uh, perpetuate our human species, you got to get it on. So you got to have something that makes you horny and something that makes you attractive. And testosterone does that. 
You, progesterone thickens the lining of the body. I call it the baby bed making hormone. And, and so what it does is it gives you your ability to really dig into the details because you think about, you know, when you're a woman is nesting and about ready to have a baby that um, she's, she starts meticulously cleaning things. Right. And then when the, all of those hormones build, 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 build on our bodies until there's either a baby there or there, or there's not. And then they just like, they drop off. And so, you know, every month our body goes through these cycles goes through these cycles of not having any of the hormones and then they slowly starting to build you have an egg released and then it either gets fertilized or it doesn't and then progesterone keeps going up because there is a baby in there or it doesn't and it falls off and so this just happens every month in our body on a cycle so when we start to learn what those hormones are good for in our bodies, then we can plan our lives accordingly. Because the the tripwire that we have as women is thinking that we're like dudes and that we're going to perform the same every day. And that is setting ourselves up for failure because we're not going to perform every day. So what you came to was a workshop that I call Embodied Time Management, where we take each of those hormones, we look at them, we analyze what those superpowers are every seven days within a month. And then I talk about how you can break down your to-do list based on what your superpowers are during that time. So you can actually use what's going on in your body as like a rhythm to fall into to help you harness whatever you're trying to achieve during that time because that's what your superpower is rather than trying to give a presentation when you are on day 27 on your cycle, when you're about to start sobbing at any time because you have no hormones in your body and you're trying to do something like communicate, which is the last thing that you're supposed to be doing during that time of your cycle. Um, so I could talk about this girl for an hour and a half. Yeah, this so. is its own episode, <laughs> I, know, I think. I know. <laughs> and I know we're probably running out of time. Yeah, so we're going to definitely, I think we'll have to have a part two about the cycles um, because it was so fascinating to me just in that one hour class. And then um, I've actually been, this is the first month where I'm like intentionally trying to really follow that because I also got a moon planner and it has those things in there and it's it's so good. So we'll come back to cycles another episode for sure. Um, so let's talk about your book for these last few minutes, because you have a book, which is insane and amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's called Sleeping Beauty Awakened Tools for the Modern Goddess. Um, and what it came out of really was uh, as I was as I was falling in love with these tools or I was learning these tools, I was studying these tools. I was starting to become a geek about my menstrual cycle because I was like on a quest to um to not fuck up my marriage anymore because of these cycles. Um, I, I started to follow the inspiration of, cause when, when you are right about to start bleeding, you're really supposed to pay attention to the things that make you angry, 
because um, as soon as estrogen starts coming into your body again, your superpower is creativity. So pay attention to what pisses you off. So then you can come up with creative solutions on the other side. And I was in a place of being like really stagnant in my career. I was doing what was easy um, rather than the things that I felt whispers in my heart and soul that I was supposed to be doing. And um, one of those things was uh, write a book. And the other thing was to host a retreat. And like you had this magical moment of all of a sudden, like a music festival happening, just like, boom, you had friends, investors, and you just all of a sudden you just like did it. That's what happened to me with a retreat was it was like, I, ha- I felt, oh, this is something I'm supposed to do. And all within like 24 hours, I had 10 people ready to do a retreat. And this book was actually my gift to my rave kids and my festival family. If there's anybody out there who can't make it to one of my retreats, that this is like a compilation of, I feel like it's my life's work of 15 to 20 years of being a a yoga teacher, someone who's into fitness and wellness and being uh, a, a high performer and someone who's invested in their marriage and relationship, like passing on all my goddess tools. And there's some controversial topics in there, but a lot of us come to the music festival because we are um, not doing things the same way that everybody else is doing them. And we find ourselves in that environment. So um, this book is really my love letter and permission slip to my younger self, which is you, (laughs) you know, and, and other women um, like us in the music festival world who, um, are potentially looking for other ways of relating and being that maybe our culture has told us is wrong or bad. Um, but that's just been a way of trying to control us. So yeah, there's a lot I could say about that. (laughs) There's a lot more, (laughs) but we don't want to spoil the book either. So, um, I'll say I've been, I've been reading the book. Um, I think this is the first book that I've purchase that is like written by someone that I know, which is really cool. Um, and then I have since joined, um, I did this online event where I was a coach and two of the people, we write a vision letter for six months out and two of my people, um, on their vision for six months is to finish their book, to finish their book. And I'm like, Oh, I have a friend who finished her book. Um, so I actually reached out to you about a few things, um, regarding that. But um, I'll say when I'm going through it, I like just focus on one chapter at a time. This is the first time I've read a book in years. Like I, I haven't read a book like this in so long. And there's so many parts where I'm just like highlighting because I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is literally me. This is literally me. It, it's it's just like so relatable for me. And I'm, I'm sure for lots of other um, other people. But there's just so you can tell that you're, you wrote this book. Like it feels like I'm, I'm like talking, I'm listening to a podcast basically. That's what it feels like when I'm reading the book. It's, it's really cool to just hear so many more of your stories and like your experiences and the things that you've been through, especially as a woman. Um, and then all of the badass things you're doing now. So 
Well, let me just end with this. So it's broken down into four sections. It's first unlearning. So uh, targeting all the different bullshit stories that in our culture we've been programmed to believe. So first part is unlearning. The second part is remembering. So there's stories of uh, different great women and goddesses of different mythos. So we can remember how we as women are holy and divine. Uh, Then the third part is education. So I talk about the things that we weren't taught as women about our bodies that we need to know that will empower us things about our sexuality things about our hormones um and whatnot and then the fourth part is goddess tools so i break down things about meditation and fitness and self-inquiry and journaling and sex magic and 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 shadow work um but the part that i love the most at the end of every chapter I give what are called going deeper questions. So yes, I'm telling you my story, but I give you an opportunity as the reader and to, to look at your own story and your own life. So we look at lessons from each, from the chapters and it gives you an opportunity to reflect on your own life. And I would like to just extend an invitation to anybody who's listening. Um, We're going to be starting an online book club so I can hold space for people who are really interested in actually doing the work and going deeper and unraveling those ways that we've been lying to ourselves or maybe in cycles that haven't been serving us because they say that when healing is witnessed by another, that it's more profound. So as we hold space for each other, um, to recognize the truth of our divinity, I really feel like in the in my gut and in, in my soul that um, that this is going to be a profound, empowering in- experience for anybody who play it takes time to do the work. Because it's one thing to read the book; it's one thing to do the book; it's another thing to do the fucking work and actually look at your own life and realize oh, it wasn't just her who did this. I've been doing this too. So how can I get out of my own way and become a more empowered version of myself? Yes, I'm excited. When does the book club start? The book club starts um, the first week the first week in January. So you can go to um, AubreyWarren.com and um, on AubreyWarren.com in the main menu, you'll see the the name of the book, Sleeping Beauty Awakened Tools for the Modern Goddess. You can click on that. And everything that you need to know um, about how to buy the book from listening to different interviews like this about it to signing up for the book club, all the information is there. So if you just go to aubreyorin.com, you'll be able to find it there. Perfect. Okay. That's what I was going to ask lastly is where do we find you? So aubreyorin.com. That's that's easy. And I get to work on my website. So I'll go to your website and check it out and see what it looks like. <laughs> and by the way, my friends told me that this is the bad bitch Bible. So that's my new, that's my new catchphrase is, you know, sleeping beauty awaken, bad bitch Bible. And if you go anywhere on social media and you hashtag festival fairy godmother, you can find me too. So AubreyWarren.com or festival fairy godmother and you can find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been so fun. And I definitely will need a part two with you. (laughs) Girl, anytime you and I could talk for hours. Yeah, I feel like we barely skim this. We barely skim the surface on so many things. So anytime, let me know. Awesome. Well, thank you so much and have a great rest of your week. We'll have this podcast episode out very soon. Well, let me know. I'll share it. Thanks, lady. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Goddess Awakening. Check out our link tree in the description for all our socials and upcoming events. This podcast is brought to you by the Possibilities Podcast Platform. As we wrap up, Possibilities would like to give a special thank you to this episode's sponsor, the Merrick Foundation, paving the way for creative expression in our community. Their commitment to our vision allows us to continue to have these conversations. We are grateful for your continued support, the Merrick Foundation.